whatever it is that got you to a certain point may not be strong enough to then carry you to the next big moment. So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I am so excited. This could be, I'm going to make a statement that this is going to be the best podcast I've ever done. Oh geez. Primarily, <laughs> did you hear what he just said? Oh geez. Primarily because we like each other a lot, we know each other well, and we didn't prepare for anything, which is oftentimes where the best creative work Shines. A jam session podcast. One hundred percent, brother. What, so, so Mark, uh, Mark Davison, founder and partner of Thousand Walk Consulting, without a shadow of a doubt, the best creative agency in all of real estate. Real estate tech. You guys get hired by everybody. I actually just referred you a piece of business this morning. Oh, cool. Um, someone looking to redo his brand. And, and look, so for the people that don't know you, I think it'd be good just to expose you. You know, expose everybody listening to the backstory, like. Like, who is Mark Davison? How did you get here? I mean, I think we should even go back through like the Inman days. Okay. But start from the very beginning. Like, okay. you're married, you, know, you and Lori yeah. together. Oh, wow. You're, you're a professional musician. If, I, if memory serves, you were going out on tour and then you stopped. Uh, okay. Well, my grandfather uh, emigrated to America uh, back in the uh, 20s. <laughs> You're going that deep. I love it. I know. I, I appreciate um, it. No, hey, I'm delighted to be here. Yeah. Thank you for Thank having you. me. Um, so, nutshell, uh, yeah, I was a touring musician um, of college to uh, um, do music. Yeah. And um, hoping for a big shot at the big time and get a big deal. Record deal. Record deal. Rock and roll. Um, and in that journey, I was given a much better offer, which is marry me or lose me. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I opted for that. Um, that was uh, 38 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I married my sweetheart, my childhood sweetheart. We're still together. Yeah. Four kids. Yeah. Um, and so I, I finished up my education. I uh, wanted to be in advertising. I was a good writer, mm -hmm. um, creative thinker. Got hired at Y&R, Young and Rubicam. Yeah. Spent That's about, a significant agency. Oh, for hell the people yeah. That like you know, it gives it gives people more flavor, and I think. Uh, context for you knowing that you came from a shop like that oh madison avenue big time yeah. agency my first um i got the job because my senior project uh was we had a um we were given these impossible companies mm -hmm. uh in which to like here's an impossible idea market it brand it yeah. and try to get people to use it i mean this is back in the day of like sort of mad men where you could really sure. take some liberties and tell untruths if that's what it took to get people sure. into your world um, I kind of rejected that philosophy, but it was a senior project, and my job was to build branding around an airliner that didn't have any seats, so you had to stand um, on your flight. Yeah, um, true cattle car. So, yeah, true cattle car. Um, but I thought about, you know, like, where, what's the angle? Well, the angle is throughout history, great people have stood for what they believed in. And if you <laughs> believed in, like, cheaper fares, um, then... That was my angle. Yeah. So I had Moses standing on the mountain accepting the Ten Commandments, George yes. Washington on the f head of the boat, yeah. crossing the Potomac, things like that. And 
judges, a panel of agency people were judges, and I, w I won the award, and part of the winning was, well, it wasn't part of the prize, but I got offered a job. Wow. So um, I you know, was in a cubicle as a copywriter, and my first account was Colgate. And um, I'll be honest, like none of the work I submitted made it, but it was super cutthroat. Um, mm -hmm. You have, you know, there's Team Colgate, there are maybe 12 creatives on the team, yeah. and it is ruthless. You get going to pitch meetings with the account executive and you're pitching ideas, and um, you know, if their ideas are not good, you're told they're not good. Mm -hmm. um, and so you also develop pretty thick skin. Yeah. And, and you learn the ropes, you learn how to do it, you learn how to pitch, you learn how to believe in your idea, you learn how to vet your idea, you have to think pretty deep yeah. and sell it. First you gotta sell it internally and then you gotta sell it to the client. Um, so that was cool. Um, how many years did you do that? I did that for almost two, um, but I didn't like working for somebody. I didn't like the constraint, and I think a lot of people in real estate might relate to that. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't like the constraints of you know, nine to five or in the agency world, you know, six to midnight. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't like sitting in a cubicle. I was a musician, so like I liked the more free reign and I found inspiration. Back then we didn't have computers, but I wasn't inspired sitting at a desk. And even in these group creative meetings, I felt a little stunted. I'm better off like on a mountaintop, you know, yeah. just conjuring up whatever. Well, on your bike or on my bike or sleeping, hand, even, jamming, like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, when my mind's not totally yeah. like forcing a creative idea. Yeah. So I started my own agency and I went back to what I knew, which was music. So I wanted to work with artists. Um, and I came from that world. My dad was in show business, he was an artist manager. So I had that in my blood. I understood mm -hmm. that. So I felt like managing talent, um, building their brand, building their story, getting their act together. It's no accident when you see a good act on stage and they got it together yeah. that it's figured out. Um, and I did that for up until 1997. So were you working mostly with like startup talent or established uh, um, established bands and musicians? No, we were. it was all size. startup. Good question. Yeah. We would roam the clubs, um, yeah. find scout talent, and yeah. I had an ear. I could tell what yeah. could be because you know, I, I had done it, so I kind of knew like what I was looking for. Um, and you'd anybody be, any notable names that you can you know drop on us here? Uh, we um, no, I don't want to do that because I don't want to be tied to that. But I did work with some notable bands. Okay, um, that's fair. And um, there was. Okay, I just gotta interrupt. Yeah. This is the kind of podcast I love because if you're listening, Mark knows himself and is very comfortable in his skin. So I'm like, hey, would you drop some names? He's like, no, no. no. <laughs> right? Where like yeah. the average person's gonna go, yeah, blah, 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 right? But I love that. Uh, well, I appreciate that. And uh, I, you know, the name I will drop is a band called Last Tribe, which mm -hmm. is sort of unknown. Um, but at the time, they were very known. They were hugely popular in mm -hmm. New York. And we got signed to an indie label that was distributing through Sony. Um, I built them up over four years of time, and they were incredible. Yeah. And um, as they started to rise up and play much bigger events, I didn't think... I don't think that they understood the gravity of what they were. The moment. The moment. Yeah. And so they weren't rehearsing and practicing and executing perfectly. And the big opportunities that we were creating for them, um, they weren't taking advantage of. And after a very big show at Irving Plaza in New York, where a lot of High Times Magazine was there, Rolling yeah. Stone Magazine yeah. was there, they blew it. It's a horrible performance. 
uh, and they broke up the next day. And it was heartbreaking because I had a lot of years into them. Um, simultaneously, I was working with an artist called Corrine Hanna from Canada. She was actually uh, uh, a young, as a young girl, she was hired by Celine Dion to sing at Celine's wedding. And we got her signed to Jim Steinman's label. He was the songwriter for Meatloaf. Mm -hmm. And we were developing her act. We got her to sing the national anthem at Shea Stadium when the Expos played back yeah. then. It was the Montreal Expos. Yeah. So that was exciting. Uh, we work with a lot of uh, jam bands and hippie bands, uh, doing marketing and promotion for them. Um, and then we started to, somehow I forget how this happened, but we started to bleed into hip hop. And uh, I wasn't comfortable with it. Yeah, um, why? I didn't like the subject matter. Mm -hmm. I felt the, the material was a bit, a bit kind of very misogynistic. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I didn't get it. Just wasn't your jam. I didn't get it. Like yeah. I understand singer songwriter, jam band, rock, mm -hmm. rock band. Yeah. I don't understand. Let's put an artist in a studio who can't really sing and then use auto tune and use like samples. Like it wasn't the world. I don't disapprove. It's not yeah. like I disapprove. Yeah. I didn't understand it. And yeah. I felt myself like, I'm out of touch with that. Um, and so I moved to California. Okay, but I want to back up for a second. I want to go back to the story about uh, The Last Tribe. I think every listener <clears throat> has been in that situation. I know I've been there before where you feel like your life and your business is evolving to another level. And then I can admit to this. Oh, then then you stop doing what got you there. And man, that is the kiss of death. Yeah. You with me? Like I talk about like these 90 day cycles, like you got to do what you do for 90 days yeah. to ingrain that new habit or that new ritual or that new way to build your business or improve your business or your life. And what happens is you get to that next level, then they have this little breakdown where they think they can just stop doing it. Right. And then man, uh, yeah. they, they got exposed and, they, and agents yeah. and lenders get exposed every day on appointments when they haven't continued to sharpen the ax. So that's a great point. And I have a theory about that. Yeah. And I think that theory applies very much to real estate as well, which is, I'll start with the first one. It's just maybe a saying that's like, the thing that got you here may not be the thing that's gonna get you there. Yep. So with a lot of companies and bands, teams, whatever it is that got you to a certain point may not be strong enough to then carry you to the next big moment. Bingo. So in music, you know, maybe it meant, and it, through self-introspection, I started realizing that maybe at that moment, what they needed was a different type of manager. I got them to that point, but maybe I didn't have the skill set or the knowledge set, or I didn't command the respect or whatever. Maybe, sure. maybe I'm just making that up. Maybe that's not how they felt, but like, I may not have been the right manager for them. If you watch that, mo that Tom Hanks movie, that little thing you do. Oh yeah. Right, there's that yes. scene where like yeah. that band had a manager, but the manager was now trying to introduce them to the next person who could take them further yep. up the ladder. Yep. But I also think that the band needed to let go of some of the things that got them there, but they were not good things that was going to next take them to the next step. And I think to your point in real estate, um, let's say you take a team and like, this is this is sort of a little technique that I use. It's, I'm so glad you're saying because this is this is so relatable to every entrepreneur, right? But like, what it, what got you here won't get you there. Yeah, I mean we're talking music and yeah. bands, but it's the same exact thing for every agent. Listening well, to give right a now. detail around yeah. that, because I work with a you know we, we work with teams now and agents, yeah. um, and the, I'll ask one simple question that will let me know whether this person will be right or wrong. Yeah, as a client, um, 
Have you ever worked with a coach or a mentor mm -hmm. or an agency? Mm -hmm. And if I hear, no, I've done everything myself, I don't want that <clears throat> as a client. Yeah, because when you enter this level to where you're gonna now throw money down and pay an agency to build your brand, mm -hmm. um, you're entering the next level and you kind of need to have been exposed to working with other people who you've given trust to, yeah. experts in their own right. Yep. I don't want to be the first vendor that you then ex experience uh, having to trust uh, you know, with your baby or your You're business. saying that a nice way. I think the easier way to say it is you don't want to be the first person that sits down, takes their money, and starts to create something, and then they tell you how they want it done. It, it, yes, that's exactly how yeah. I I mean, every, everyone it. watching knows it's, that's the, the first-time seller who thinks they know everything. And they're like, yeah, you are the listing agent, but let me tell you how I want to yeah, price yeah, it. Yeah. Let me tell you, I don't believe in staging. I don't like open houses. And you're like, what am I doing Then here? I can't do my job. Yeah, it's like you're going to tell the doctor how to do their job. So I get that. Our best jobs, our best experiences are when we've worked with a team or an agent mm -hmm. who has experienced coaching or mentorship mm -hmm. and has learned to bring people into their world and trust those experts. Yeah. Um, so I think that like whatever whatever things got you to a point when you're looking to make that next leap, you're going to need some new things. Yeah. Um, and Hey, look, there are companies in the world that get to a certain point and then bring in a CEO to take them to the next level. Go. Uh, Google did it. Yep. Um, so, uh, so that was one thing. Um, and I think the other thing is just kind of like maybe self implosion or doubt or insecurity. I think mm -hmm. that there's exists a lot of that. Now I'm not a licensed therapist, yeah. but when you're a manager mm -hmm. and I think agents can relate to this when you're an agent, you're are playing part therapy. Yeah. But when you're a creative like me and you're in the world of building brands, you have to be an empath. You have to get inside of things. Yeah. So what I've picked up in real estate is that there is a bit of a low self esteem issue. Mm -hmm. I think part of it is being a realtor isn't viewed as being, you know, on the totem pole of career choices. It's perceived to be easy in. Mm -hmm. Anybody can get in. Hey, my cousin Bob is basically a bonehead and he's a realtor, so yeah. everybody must be. Yeah. So I think we all in this industry kind of suffer from that a little bit. So I think when you get to a certain place where you're now starting to really hit, um, you could self-destruct yourself because you don't think you're ready for it or you don't think you're good enough. And I think that's where you need mentoring and coaching and you need an agency to protect you from that uh, mindset and to yeah. give you the tools and assets to make that next hurdle totally possible. Yeah. So uh, I think what I learned there certainly applied there. Um, so anyway, I, artists are artists, right? I mean, agents are definitely a, artists. Oh my God. All, hey, yeah. all the best agents are absolutely they artists, are talent. right? They are crazy talented, very emotional. They read customers well. Their their intuition is, I mean, the really good ones, their yeah. intuition's off the charts, right? Their ability to walk into a room and sense, like they can like walk into a room and go, yeah. he's gonna buy a house, <laughs> right? Like they just, you know, they have that true. innate yeah. knowing and that's what makes them so special. But because of that, there's the extreme highs and lows. You know, the, the depression. And I, I know and how to joys, ride that right? with them. Of course. Cause I get it. Cause I think to. I have that with myself too. Sure. Um, and so, like that is part of our job yeah. is, um, but like how I got to really understanding that was once I, I came out to California in 98, um, I had a home inspection, Yeah. bought a home and I never had a home inspection. I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. And uh, what the, ins so when I hired this inspector and told my agent, my agent flipped out and said, oh my God, that guy is known as the deal killer. 
I wish you would have hired somebody else. And I'm thinking, well, isn't that actually what I want? Is the guy that's going <laughs> to... Who's going to find everything wrong. Find everything and, wrong. Yeah. So the first house, he found so much wrong. Yeah. Um, that I opted to not continue on with the offer, which really pissed my agent off. And I began to think, well, who's my advocate here? I thought my agent was yeah. my advocate rather than this guy I paid $400 to. Yeah. Um, so I kept him on for the next few homes that I was interested in. But when we were finally done and I handed him the check, I said to him, you have two choices. You can cash this check or you can hold it for a week and give me one week to make you famous. Now, bear in mind, I just spent 20 years making people famous. Exactly. And I come from a family of, of making, people, of making famous. people famous. So he said, well, what do you mean? I said, look, the way you wrote up the, the report, the way you spoke it to me and articulated the problems, you're an intelligent person. What's your background? He went to Pepperdine, studied mm -hmm. journalism. The guy could write. Yeah. Um, and he had this soul about him that he cared. That's why he was the deal killer. Yes. He was there as your advocate. Yeah. So I wanted to package that, and I wanted to expose this to the world. So I did something that I totally preach, which is to jump into something you know nothing about and, and go at it with complete ignorance. Um, I knew nothing about syndication. Mm -hmm. I knew nothing about journalism. It's not what I studied. I studied yeah. creative writing. Yeah. But I knew one thing. I know, how to, I know how to create brand and make somebody And tell a story. Tell a story. Tell a story. So he said, all right, you, you got two weeks. Because I've always wanted to be a syndicated writer. So uh, I know what that is. Mm -hmm. Those are guys you read in the paper, gals yeah. you read in the paper, yeah. Dear Abby, syndicated yeah. writer. So within one day, I created a moniker for him, Inspectors in the House. Yeah. Now, bear in mind, I just come out of working in the hip-hop world. So like, in the house was in my head. Yeah. So I had Inspectors in the House. I designed a really cool logo for him um, within a day. Uh, I sent him 20 questions that I wanted him to write answers for. I edited the answers, packaged them up, and sent them overnight to editors and newspapers across the country. Now, I knew editors and newspapers because I had been doing PR for sure. years. Um, within two weeks, I had him in, I don't remember how many papers, but I got a yes mm -hmm. to, uh, we'll pay him five bucks an article to 50 bucks an article, four to five articles a week, depending on the month. Well, within two weeks, the guy was syndicated in the Sacramento Bee, the Denver Post, blah, blah, blah. And for the next year, I worked at it part-time, you know, in my semi-retirement yeah, mode, yeah, yeah. living in California, making some phone calls, shipping floppy disks with articles on it. Um, back then, I had a Mac, but newspapers were on PC, and yeah. the emails weren't compatible, the documents weren't compatible, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then I got a call one day from Inman News, and it was like, who who are you? Yeah. Like, how... how how did you get this one home inspector? Was it actually Brad? It was Brad. Called? I love that. It was Brad. It was my first call with Brad. He was like, who the F are you? Yeah. I'm like, who the That's F Brad. are you, man? I, like, yeah. You know, so he had me talk to this guy, Brian Boero. Yeah. The next day. Yeah. Little did I know that I would meet my other wife. Yes. Your like, office wife. My office wife. So I spoke to Brian and he's like, man, you know, you've got heavy duty syndication. You're selling articles. This one, we have like 12 writers and we're a whole syndicate yeah. and you have a lot of, a lot more than we do. So can you help us? So I took him in on as a client. This was 98 yeah. to kind of build the brand, build sure. their syndication. And that's when I got exposed to real estate. And that's when I realized that like, um, there is a lot missing in this industry in terms of how to connect with the consumer. 
-hmm. And I began to talk about that, which I'd say back then, the whole consumer thing fell on deaf ears. There was no consumer conversation going on back then. No, we're still talking, ready? I have the MLS book. Yeah. You have nothing. You need me. Right, there, and there was, was no true. Trans, there was no transparency. There was no brand. power to the people. Like no, yeah. no story. Yeah. Although everybody was calling themselves brands. Yeah, like their definition of brand and my definition of brand were very different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did them in for a bunch of years and got to know everybody and yeah. got to meet everybody. And I, I got to say that like some of my closest friends, including you, in my life are people that I've met in real estate, not music. Yeah, I really acclimated well to this industry, although I was and have been and still am and will probably always be a little bit of an outsider oddball in this industry yeah um but that's okay i'm me i do what i do yeah uh and so after like five years of inman i wanted to go back to my roots Mm -hmm. of like working with companies yeah i know agency yes so i joined a very young startup who was building tech uh website Mm-hmm. enterprise websites and I met with them and my idea was instead of just building gen star like websites or advanced access like websites yeah, yeah. let's go custom man and build brand branded websites so let's interview the agent interview the clients the broker find out what really makes them tick ask them the right questions mm-hmm. and build and design around what makes them different from everybody else which is what they believe internally yeah. not what they do which is sell real estate yeah um, and hence that, that company, VREO of Rio had a great five year run. Um, and, um, we were the first to do, we came out with an app for e-signature software, a little bit ahead of its time before it's DocuSign. Yeah. Um, but I was getting really itchy to not sell and be a vendor of product. Yeah. I really wanted to build an agency yeah. and do what I know best and yep. give real estate the one thing it doesn't have which is a Madison Avenue like creative agency that creates what entities in this business need different real differentiation. So I spoke with Brian, um, who I've been, he then left him and came to be the CEO of, of Rio. I said, let's go do this together. You yeah. and me, like yeah. we're well known. We know the yeah. space better than anybody. Um, well, not better than anybody, but as good as anybody knows sure. the space. Look, when you're sitting at the hey, front desk of Inman. Trusted, respected, everybody knows you. We were always honest. Yeah. yeah. We never like, yeah. you know, we, we weren't we weren't sketchy. We were really no. upfront. What you see guys. is what you get. What you see is what you get. Yeah. Um, we didn't say, hey, use this company. It's a good company. And mm-hmm. then take a little piece of that yeah. referral. Like we would never do that. We never do that. Um, and look, some people do. That's just not us. Um, so we launched Thousand Watt in 2007 amid the recession. Mm-hmm. And everybody thought we were nuts. Selling something people don't really know and understand at yeah. a time when people thought you don't need it, but like, holy cow, if ever there's a time, if you look throughout history, when great new companies come into the market, it's always recessions and depressions. Disney, IBM, Apple, Boeing, Boeing, Microsoft, right on down the line, right on down all started during these like tumultuous times of the economy. And you know, what is it? What's the old, you know, birthed like the Phoenix from the ashes, right? Like totally, I'm a huge fan. I get it. Uh, You know why it works? Because when things are really bad, people want, it was like nine 11. Yeah. I remember nine 11 happened. I was living in California, but I'm a true blue New Yorker. And I, 
you know, like everybody in America, I'm an American too. Yeah. Like it was disheartening. It was yeah. terrible. It was heart wrenching. And I was at Inman at the time and like, how do I get on the call and talk to anybody about doing anything with us in terms yeah. of e-commerce or commerce during this terrible time? Um, but then there was that moment when, uh, I think it was David Letterman. I think it was David Letterman who was pretty much hosting a pretty somber show yeah. for a couple of weeks, went out and did some comedy on the David Letterman show mm -hmm. and kind of allowed us to laugh, to laugh again um, and become Americans again. Mm -hmm. And I think that during recessions and depressions, people look for companies that go, screw this recession. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bring something new to the table. So like I, I wanted, that was in my head too. Like, yeah, Real estate shouldn't fear anything. It's, this is a moment to grab onto a good idea, uh, which is your idea, and build what, while everybody is battening hashes, hatches mm -hmm. and not spending a dime, here's where you can spend a few bucks and get an edge. And boy, we attracted some really cool clients um, that believed in us and gave us a shot, including like the Michael Saunders company. Yeah. Big companies, respected, uh, high-end luxury-like company in Sarasota, had us, they paid us six figures to rethink their entire web presence. This is like 2008 or nine. What a big, bold move, because Florida was hit hard. Big time. Um, so that, she's I began. She's brilliant, though. I mean, she's. She's always I'm done not, that. Yeah, I mean, she's so counter to Bill Ravis, uh, William Ravis, same thing, right? The world's going right. He's like, I'm going, I'm going left because the world is always wrong. You know, what you just said, I'm going to go right when everybody's going left is what real estate tends to not do. So think about this, Tom. Mm -hmm. um, right now, everybody's, and I'll just bring Compass up as, yeah. a, as an example. Everybody's fixated on Compass. Everybody's fixated on iBuyer. Mm -hmm. um, the boogeyman. The, the, yeah, they're fixated on these boogeymen. Yeah. And, and so what they're trying to do is replicate, mm -hmm. replicate. Um, so they're doing two things. A, they're so fixated on it, it becomes the water cooler talk in office, at conventions, and conventions are capitalizing on it because they put people on stage to mm -hmm. talk about it and free, feed that frenzy. Yeah. Um, but in my travels, I keep running into these cool little companies who have like earmuffs on. They're paying no attention. Yeah. They're going whichever other way. If everybody's Hawaii going- life. Right, I get to give a whole Hawaii bunch life. of these, right? Ha yeah. Group called Happen Houston. Yeah. The group in Fort Collins, yeah. we just did yeah. their whole brand identity. Um, we just connected with this awesome company in Colorado, 8Z. Mm -hmm. um, I walked out of that discovery session after two days, my mind blown. Yeah. Um, so blown that like nothing about them, other than the fact that they sell some houses, there's nothing about them that feels like they're even in the real estate business. Interesting. So, uh, really interesting. So like, if you think about like this pre or, or these uh, predictions that the broker is dying, yeah. or the broker's days are numbered. That's a bunch of BS. It's such BS because when you look at an HZ, you realize there is just so much more for brokerage to for be sure. and do. For sure. So yeah. But let's, okay, let's talk about it because like, I think it was uh, Peter Drucker who said all business is innovation and marketing. and having worked with people like yourself and, you know, becoming friends and watching you evolve, knowing in my own mind, like if, if somebody said to me, who's your greatest business mentor, I would say David Bowie, David Bowie, right? The ability to adapt and to change yeah, yeah. and to be not, not always so far ahead of the curve that you get slayed by somebody, but to, but to pierce the moment 
and try and really mm-hmm. capitalize on it. Like Bowie for me, like when we were at your event, Alina Wheeler talked right? about it. Right. And Bowie. when she did, like, yeah. I was like, I was in seventh heaven, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, Bowie for me is not just a musical icon, but he's a genius in business. And in, he understood when Drucker said all business is innovation and marketing, what Bowie was phenomenal at was innovating himself and marketing himself, right? He killed it. So let's, let's talk about it. Everyone listening right now, I'm, I'm going to make this statement and please don't be offended. Your brand is stale. Your story is boring and you sound like everybody else. I think it's predominantly true. So, so what's the, pr- so the average person is not going to hire you. So what's the process you take? I think the average person can. Well, you've made it affordable. I made it affordable, but it's also like it's, you're going to spend that money on something. Yeah. It's, it's really about what you determine is important and yeah. what you believe that expenditure is as an investment will return you at the end. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned Bowie because this is the, the commonality between us mm-hmm. and the slight difference. Um, Brian Epstein, the yeah. Beatles manager, was yeah. my yeah. mentor. I yeah. did never met the guy. Sure. But like what he did to that rough and scruffy, you know, they For were sure. a, a scruffy band playing in, in, in Hamburg. They come yeah. to England and he makes them wear these suits and ties uh-huh. and puts them in a studio with George Martin, polishes them up yeah. and Brilliant. allowed that inner talent to come through. Had yeah. he not done that, it's arguable they still would have been the most amazing group of songwriters, but it really is arguable whether it would have gotten the polish it needed yeah. to get out there in the world. The traction, for sure. Um, so I, I, I interrupted your train okay. So take me, so, so walk us through, like you just did a, um, a breakout session at the January Elite down in San Diego. That was, by the way, thank you for that. Yeah. It was, I was a little bit nervous going in because I'm not used to, when I speak, I need some crutches. I need a PowerPoint. I yeah. need a deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need some notes. I had no podium, no nothing. I was just right there in front of 200 <laughs> With people. With all these people just saying, tell yeah, us, tell Mark, us stuff. what do we need to do. So I had to ad lib a lot of it. Yeah. Um, but I did center it around some pretty core things. So let's talk about that. Let's, let's get into some of those core things. So, all right. As, at the onset, mm-hmm. if you're a real estate agent selling real estate, mm-hmm. then the things that you typically market you know, maybe your website has IDX search um, and you sell houses mm-hmm. and you live local and you love where you live and you love your clients. Well, you know what? That's great. But that's like, but everybody, that's everybody, it's it's like, everybody. Wouldn't it be great? They said, I don't live here. I hate my clients yeah, yeah. and I don't even like real estate, but you should work with yeah. them. But I sell I, a lot of houses. There's somebody in the U.S. that'd be like, I like that. Guy. I like that. Right. It's He's honest. telling the truth. Um, because a lot of realtors don't like their clients and there is truth to that. Mm-hmm. But like in a world where, listen, if you go and look at brokerages in a marketplace and just hop from one brokerage site to another, they're identical. The only thing that's different is their color. Yeah. Many of them have a name and the name is the name of somebody, usually yeah. the founder. Yeah. Um, it's Bob's Real Estate or Bill's Real Estate or Susan's Real Estate mm-hmm. Company. With One is red, one is blue, and one is green. But yeah. like what, the, everything else is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So like how do you separate out? Yeah. Well, this is gonna be, uh, in, on one hand, maybe a little mind-blowing only because it's just so obvious. Um, as people, we all have arms, we all have legs, we all have eyes and ears and noses, and we all like eat and do the same stuff. So what makes us uniquely different? It's what we believe. Mm-hmm. It's how we think. It's yeah. our perspective on the world. Yep. Um, and this is like a core secret to, br- to brand building is if you could pry open a company and actually find out what their belief system is. Um, I call it the worldview. Yeah. Like, what is yeah. your worldview? 
And a worldview is basically it's a it's a, it's a couple of components. It's the problem that you see in the world and the solution that you come up with to make it a better place for people. Say it again. The problem you see it's in the world. It's a problem you see in the world yep. and it's the solution that you come up with that makes it a better world. So, so I'll give, give you an example. A, yeah, give us an example. So think about REI. REI is a department store that sells department store stuff. Yeah, gear. But what makes them so special? Why do people love REI? Well, REI has a worldview. Now, it may not be as explicit, and it norm a worldview normally isn't explicit in terms of a complete sentence, but once I tell you what it is, you're gonna see evidence of it everywhere. Mm -hmm. So REI's worldview is that the planet Earth is hurting. We're, we're hurting our planet. And the reason why we're hurting our planet is because we don't spend enough time outdoors in it. So their belief is if we got to spend more time outdoors with gear that makes us enjoy the outdoors more, uh, we, will, we will be better human beings and the planet will be better for it. So where do you see that worldview? Well, look at their slogan, opt outside. Yeah. Look at their act actions. On Black Friday, they close and send all their employees out. Now, yes, it's a marketing gimmick, but it's a marketing gimmick based on their worldview. Bingo. So it's authentic. Bingo. Um, so, you know, Apple has a worldview. They believe that products should be designed to be flawless, that products shouldn't need long uh, lessons on how to use things. It mm -hmm. should be, you know, like a two-year-old should be able to pick up an iPad, an iPad, which many of our two-year-olds have and can figure out how to use it immediately. Mm -hmm. Intuitive, they should be super intuitive and elegantly designed. And so that's their worldview. Um, and as a result of that, by using those products, you're telling the world that you not only believe in elegance and beauty, you assign that brand vibe to yourself as well. It's why so many people in real estate gravitated toward Apple products because mm -hmm. they wanted to project what people's perception of Apple was. Yep. So like, I mean, we can go through many companies and most I'll probably know mm -hmm. what their worldviews are. Um, I mean, the, the most obvious are like companies like Starbucks. Their worldview is that, you know, they want to create that third place where you come and can just do what, do your thing, not just drink coffee, but really work, listen to music, congregate, have discussion. And they have been over the last 30, 40 years trying to build that third place for ourselves and they've succeeded. Um, and so on and on and on. It, it starts with a, and this is where brand starts. It's if you're going to be a realtor and just say, I'm going to get my license because this is a way to make money, you're going to be like everybody else. That's your worldview. Yeah, that's your worldview. Yeah. You are going to be stuck in with the masses. Mm -hmm. But if you could go through a, a process where you can conjure up, and it's through a lot of questions, but like, you know, what problem do you think, what, what is your skill set that you, what is your special superpower that you could bring to a transaction that because of this thing that you do, you can assuage people from the problem they're currently experiencing in real estate? Well, that's a worldview. And then you can take that and begin to build upon that yeah. and expand upon that. Um, and is this where language like uh, being able to say we're the only, like we hear so much about like if you can have that only statement or if you could be the first as an example. Yes. And I, I, I would argue it's more powerful in my opinion to be the, we're the only company who does X. We asked this one question. It's, it's uh, first best only. Yeah. So what are you the first at? What were you the best at? What yeah. were you the only at? And sometimes we get an, I don't know. 
Yeah. Because, you know, these things, these interviews that we do, they're not tests. Yeah. You're not being graded. In fact, the more you say you don't know, the more you're, you're willing to just put your trust in our hands, yeah. the better the work's going to be because how could you know that? Yeah. Well, you might know what you were the first to market to. You might know what you're best at, but some people don't know what they're best at. No, they're busy doing what they do best, yeah. which is selling houses, selling and, houses. Or, you know, hiring agents and, you know, doing what they do. But that might not be what they're best at. What yeah. they may be best at is crunching data. Yeah. They may just be best. Look, when you look at like power teams, um, and I know you specialize in that, mm -hmm. um, and so you've probably diagnosed and coached that within a team structure, there's one person that's so good at one thing that's all they should do. Mm -hmm. They shouldn't be saddled with doing mm -hmm. something else. So the, the fringe benefit of the work that we do is that not only do you get your brand story right, but you get to feel and figure out the structure of how you should structure your company. So you only do what you do best. Um, so so let, let's assume that, that the person listening, so they're like, okay, my worldview, the problem that I want to solve and how I solve it always in a unique or elegant or different or faster or cheaper or whatever, you know, whatever it is right. way, right? Am, right? am I missing anything in that? No, right? no. And then number two is what are you the first at? What are you the best at? Or what are you, what are you the only company or individual to X? Then once they, once they take the time to, to really hammer that out, what do they do then? So there's got to be a third question, if not 20 more. Well, there's a lot more. It's, it's sometimes hours and hours and days, mm -hmm. depending on the size of the company. But, you know, we do them in little, little bite-sized pieces. Mm -hmm. So when you come up with, and part of the conversation around this worldview, like what is the problem in real estate? Yeah. Um, part of the reason, Tom, why we go down that route is because real estate has been, we're like the moon. This mm -hmm. industry is like the moon. It's being pelted with innovative craters from outside. Yeah. Um, and so why are, they, why are they so interesting to people? Why is Compass so interesting to people? Why is iBuyer so yeah. interesting? Why are they valued so yeah. high? I mean, brokers ask us all the time, we've been doing this for 50 years and we, you know, blah, 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 and we don't, we're not, we go to Steve Murray and we get a one-to-one -one valuation yeah, exactly. and Compass gets a one-to-a-million, why? Yeah. It's the worldview. Yep. Um, because what these innovators all look at is there's a company you and I both know really well out of New York, My Planet. Yeah. So what did Adrian do? What do these innovators do? They look at a space and go, there's a problem here. And it could be simple. Mm -hmm. Like iBuyer's problem was there are some houses and some people that just want to get their homes sold overnight. They just want convenience and fast and Boom. don't want to deal with. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zillow was like, people just want to know what their neighbor's house is worth because yep. we're, you know, we're, we're Yentas. Yeah. We, we want to... Yes. Peek in and gossip. So uh, I think that if you want to enter into real estate and you're going to be a new fledging, fledgling business, you should have a disruptor mentality yep. and come up with a problem that you then s are going to focus on solving because then you create your narrow path. Yeah. Um, so we're not only trying to create a worldview, we're trying to create sort of a trajectory for your business. So um, I don't know if you've met my buddy Jay Abraham. Jay's been a mentor of mine since like 1991. He's the the king of direct response, all things direct response marketing. Right. He would say he didn't do all that great on the internet stuff, but you know, but it would have come to running newspaper ads, television ads, right, right. print, direct mail, like twenty-two billion dollars in sales. Jeez. And then he stopped counting, and that was like in nineteen ninety. Wow, impressive. Right? So he and I were chatting uh, a couple nights ago about like nine different positioning strategies. Hmm. Right. Like we do the more for same, we do the more for less. Um, 
uh, you know, out marketing your competition. Like the, he gave us, like, he just rattles off like, you know, nine of these different things. And we actually teach seven of them to our clients. It, is the intent here to create that when you talk about like, you know, sort of piercing through the noise, creating that positioning statement that, that, you know, cuts through the noise and has people say, I understand you. That's what I yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. Why do you think most people resist that? Like I have my hallucination. Um, I think maybe because it's structure. Yeah. And uh, a lot of, a lot of why you get into real estate is because you don't like structure. Yeah. But real estate is quite a structured kind of a business. For sure. But you as a realtor, say can, you don't like structure to a, you know, to uh, your, you know, closing attorney. Exactly. Right? Or or to a buyer. I'm not really into structure. But there is a lot of structure. some of the contracts and a lot of great agents understand, yeah. but they create their own structure. Yeah. yeah. But I think that this. There's a, it's, it's formulaic and there's a structure to it. And, and I, I, my guess is like, it's a li also a little bit outside of their knowledge base. Yeah. Like if you didn't do like the problem with also the problem that I see in real estate is like you become a realtor and then you like assign yourself the king of, or the queen of all things. Yeah. So you're the, that's, that's what I want to talk about. It, yeah. But you can't be, you need to be, yeah. you need to be great unique, at one thing. You're either unique or you're weak. Yeah. Well, right. That's cool. Like that's, but I mean, that's also, that's, that's Jay Abraham. He's like, yeah. if you're, if you're unique, you're special, you stand out. It's easy to refer you, but when you try and do everything right, then you're just another real estate agent. And you're, you're just an average. Yeah. Cause we all can't be everything. Yeah. You know, listen, what do you Tom, specialize in, you know, and what's your buyers, expertise in properties? What do you, yeah. I mean, in the in the grand scheme of real estate, and, and I'm not kissing your ass. I've known you too long to do that. But you, you are beat the shit out of me online. I, the first, I, time. yeah, and <laughs> I will continue to. We need to find. There was an early Facebook. Somebody, I mean, I'm totally savage. Do you remember? Like, I don't. I somebody wrote. No, something. wasn't on Facebook. What was it on? Like it was a, a comment. It might have been on Inman. It uh, was definitely on a blog. It was on a blog of some like a blog. A the old school text blog, and somebody wrote uh, a very nice article about me. It may have even been a paid sponsored ad. I have no idea at this point. Like, I don't even remember. Because it was nice, but it was kind of vanilla. And you, <laughs> you went in there, you're like, all right, Ferry, we've never met before. Here's like 13 questions. What about this? What about that? What about this? And I remember reading that article and reading your questions. And first of all, I had no idea who this guy was, right? I mean, I, I knew Inman <laughs> and I knew you were part of it in some way. And I saw your very snarky, cool photo from the side, <laughs> like that you know, original, your original yeah, my sort of photo. Yeah. And then I thought, you know what? He's just asking really good questions. And I remember just sitting there with like my wife who's like steaming, like thinking she wants to kill you. And I just took time to just carefully answer every one of your questions. I gave you an opportunity. Yes. To step behind rhetoric. Yeah. And, and just nonsense yeah. language yeah. and actually say something yeah. meaningful. And you Bingo. rose to that occasion. Yeah. Um, I wasn't really trying to, I know sometimes those things, listen, being a New Yorker, it's a source of pride for me, but I realize yeah. I can sometimes come across a little bit too aggressive. Yeah. Especially when you're a little writing. snarky. A little yeah, snarky. Yeah. It wasn't yeah, yeah. really my attention. Yeah. But like, the more I got exposed to real estate, the more I began realizing that so much of what's wrong with this industry is that there are a lot of people who make a living selling bad advice. Yeah. To this industry, who yeah. buys it because they had no exposure to any other, any other yeah. anything. So, uh, I didn't know you, but I saw what you said and it didn't feel like it had any weight to it. Yeah. So I challenged you and you totally rose to the occasion. And all these years later, I look at you now and I, I feel like I'm on the Johnny Carson show. 
you know, with like the king of what it is you do. I was about to go, I'm Ed McMahon right yeah, now, like no, 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 drinking no, my no. vodka and no, my coffee. You don't need Ed McMahon. <laughs> but you know what? You have a mentor. And and I have a Multiple. mentor. Multiple. And But you meet yeah. a lot of these real estate agents that just don't have those mentors and yeah. coaches and don't know how to give up a little bit to yeah. another expert. Yeah. And so you can't get better if you're not being challenged and yeah. held accountable for things. Hey, are you on my VIP list? From the Tom Ferry Show to my podcast to all my blogs, I'm creating a ton of content specifically to help entrepreneurs like you take your business to the next level. So when you join my list, you're gonna get everything delivered straight to your inbox. It's completely free to join. And when you do, I'll even send you like a one-time use promo code to save 15% on any upcoming event you wanna to go to. All you gotta do is just go to tomferry.com forward slash VIP. That's tomferry.com. You should know how to spell it by now, forward slash VIP, to make sure you get all the latest information as I'm publishing it. Thanks so much, and I'll see you soon. So, you know what? Back on this thing. Yeah, I wanna go back to these because I love these questions and then we kind of bounce. But I told you we were totally unprepared for this podcast, which is exactly the fun of it. But this makes it good. So, worldview, the problem, right? Well, I it's like, talk it's about like the old unique selling proposition, right? Like, well, when you start with, mm -hmm. so when you start with a worldview, yeah. it gives you a context by which, okay, if I have this belief system, I'm not gonna go around telling the world that this is my belief system, yeah. but if you have something you strongly believe in, if then everything that comes out of you following is mm -hmm. based on your belief system, it's gonna be more authentic and real and true to you. Yeah. So creating that worldview or starting there creates a, this foundation or baseline by which you market. Okay, now the, there's a difference between marketing and branding. Mm -hmm. um, Talk and about that. The, so the, what marketing is, marketing is the vehicle you use to get people to buy something. Yeah. Branding is the vehicle you use to get people to believe in your marketing. Mm -hmm. So without branding, then you're just marketing and like buy my thing because it's better. Use mm -hmm. me because I'm number one. Use yeah. me because I love my community. That's just marketing. Yeah. Branding, when you apply a layer of branding mm -hmm. on it, so you showed me some material outside, yeah. um, and it was better than a lot, but it still felt, and you say, I want you to absorb it and tell me what's wrong yeah. with it. Um, there, there wasn't a lot wrong with it. It was, I've seen it before, Yeah. but what would really make that work special is if I saw within it activity, action, activation. Like what mm. is that agent doing to support what she's saying? Yeah. So how would you demonstrate that? Well, you know, like you, in the we're talking about like in a postcard or a, an well, if you really case. love your community, yeah. Well, sure, selling homes within the community. Mm -hmm. Look, I can sell homes in your community, and I have to love it. Mm -hmm. So if you love your community, you go to go, you have to go beyond just the selling of the home. Yeah, there needs to be other things that you do. Yeah, um, like how do you demonstrate loving your community? And that's so. You, so people say she loves her community. She loves living here. It's she obvious. Must, so people say, boy, she must love living there. Yeah. And it's not because they read it somewhere. No. It's because they see what she does. So I'll give you that's, an example. That's branding. That's branding. Yeah. So we did a project for a client in Houston. Um, they have a construction company. And they love their community. Mm -hmm. um, but we, st we started with the worldview. What's the problem? Well, we, what we isolated was that if you were looking to buy a home between a certain price point... There was nothing on the market. It was either cheap fixer-uppers or mm -hmm. high-end. Yeah. There was nothing in that little middle range um, that was kind of customized to a life flow. 
So um, they they build life homes. flow or lifestyle. No life flow, lifestyle. Okay. Yeah, just okay. you know, like um, they, they weren't. They don't build these cookie cutter homes. They yeah. really like they get inside their client's life and try mm -hmm. and then map out and build a floor pan, plan that is um, and they do it within a price range. So I flew to Houston and walked through their construction zones. Mm -hmm. um, and I began listening to how they talk about their client, how they talk about their community. And I started jotting down ideas like do you ever walk through new construction before it's finished? Mm -hmm. So you're in the studs are up. Yep. Or maybe there's a little bit of sheetrock. So like I said, you know, wouldn't it be cool if as people are walking through the home, there were little notes on the sheetrock, just in spray paint or stenciled. Like in the master bedroom, there would just be a little stencil that says, this is where the magic will happen. Or in the kids' rooms, there'll be some cool little like opening line from the giving tree or yeah. just something yeah, yeah, that yeah. like, something that gets people to go, wow, these people must really care about their yeah. clients. Yeah. So that they don't have Thoughtful. to say, Thoughtful. we really care about our clients. So it's unique for everyone, but where yeah. does that all come from? It comes from the worldview. Like yeah. that's where ideas are born. Yeah. Once we know what you believe, what your, what the problem is that you're going to resolve, mm -hmm. we then create branded activations and experiences and ideas aside from all the words and everything that make people feel that. So you don't have to say it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. This is for, for my longtime listeners. This is the difference when someone comes up to me and says, Tom, I started doing mega open houses. It now represents 35 or 40% of my business, right? I absolutely own my community because of how I do it. And then someone else who was at the same exact seminar, heard the same exact content because of a different worldview, walks up and says, I tried that and it was horrible. And it didn't work for me. Right? And, and, and clearly worldview, mindset, you know, your psychology around the customer, this community, yeah. the way you think about your business, you know, are you a problem solver or is this just about a transaction? Right, bringing humanity back to real estate. It's a, a lot of what I like to say these days. Like, bring humanity back. Totally. Well, okay. So on that note, yeah, many of us have studied Abraham Maslow in, yeah. in high school. Yep. And maybe we've forgotten the pyramid chart yeah. that he created. But if we think about what's at the top of the pyramid, which is self-actualization. See, this is all tied to psychological, biological science, yeah. human science. Yeah. So here's why worldview really matters. In, it is the endeavor of every human being to reach self-actualization. Mm -hmm. A lot of us don't ever get there. Some of us get there early in life, some of us get there way later in life. But how do you get to that place where you really fully understand yourself so that you can be comfortable in the world and feel like this life was a good life to lead? You have to go through stages. The, the important stage that I focus on is stage three, which is belonging. Mm -hmm. The sense of belonging, feeling like you belong. Um, it sits above the need for food, the need for shelter. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's all the first two pyramids. But then you get to where, like, I need to belong to something to begin my real true journey through life. Um, so where do we typically find belonging? Well, in the old days, we found belonging in our families. We mm -hmm. found a sense of belonging in our communities because yep. they were tight-knit. And we found them at our houses of worship. Yeah. We would go to Sunday church or Sabbath synagogue and be with our people and mm -hmm. feel this our is tribe. where I belong, my yeah. tribe. But what's happened in our society is um, we leave our parents. Uh, you and I were tweeting this morning, my son's in the Netherlands getting yeah. ready to live there for yeah. what he's now thinking forever. Yeah. See, we all move away. I moved 3,000 miles away from my people. Yeah. Um, communities 
are not what they used to be. I don't know mm -hmm. my neighbors. I live in a condo building. I don't even know the person next door to me. And that's like unnatural, but that's just how it is. And even in Sunday church and Saturday synagogue, it's not the same as it used to be. Yeah. So where are people finding belonging? They're finding it in brands. Yeah. Um, people are finding commonality in their love of Lady Gaga or their love of the Grateful Dead or Supreme or, 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 right? Supreme yeah. or Adidas yeah. or Super 73. They, Super 73. <laughs> yep. Then they do. Yes. Like he, he smiled yeah. at. It's the church of Super 73. Well, it's the church of. Yeah. So what this branding stuff is all about. Yeah. If you omit a, a, a belief system. Mm-hmm that that's what attracts people to people is similar beliefs. Yeah. Like we might marry our opposites, but I don't, but we're, ha we have commonalities that make us feel like we're one. Yeah. Um, our friends, we all have a commonality and it's usually based on our belief systems. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like, I don't hang out with a bunch of guys that like to mainline heroin. Yeah. It's not my, that's my, uh, my life. <laughs> it's not your thing. That's not my thing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I find belonging in people who like to do what I do. Yeah. Well, this is where brands can be very powerful, and this is where agents, if they can figure out what their belief system is and radiate that belief system out into the world, mm -hmm. you'll actually attract more people to you because of that than because of your sales volume. Yeah. Because we all have sales volumes. Yeah. But we don't all have the same exact belief systems. Yeah. Now, I may have a similar belief system as you, but because I'm different than you and I work with an agency, I can figure out how to word it and activate it differently. So that's, that's really like once you belong and feel a sense of belonging, then you move up Maslow's ladder to feeling self-esteem. Yeah. And you begin to feel good about yourself. Agents who are part of the Tom Ferry world feel good about themselves. I know because I work with people yeah. who... Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think of the spikers at the top of my head. Yeah. I mean, these are people who are so confident and so secure in their mindset. They don't suffer from the self-esteem issues. That they can move from Maryland to Maui. And still run a business. And still run a business at both locations. And stay pretty, happy. Pretty, and stay happy. Married. And, yeah. And yes. so like, but I see those commonalities yeah. and I think being part of like yeah. the Tom Ferry world, the belonging to that. Yeah. Unleash that for them. Yeah. So hence... This is the science of branding. You yeah. have to build out that yeah. belief system. Is there a book or two that, that you would recommend? Um, just a thousand books. Okay. Give us like, just give us. Well, I would Just read, give us 800. No. I, would, I would go back and. Yeah. So Maslow published this first uh, set of documentation back in the early 40s. Mm -hmm. And you can actually buy it off of Amazon. I've got it. Um, so like I would read some of that because that's the science of that. Mm -hmm. Um there's no one book. No. It's a lot, a lot, a lot of books. But I mean, like the, you know, the, was it the, uh, the 22 immutable laws of branding or, I mean, it's a great or book. Simon uh, Sinek's Start With Why? I thought was, I thought that was a, an excellent, um, the, the TED it was Talk. An excellent book. The, the TED Talk was enough. I, you got it in 18 minutes. I didn't need to read the book, but I, know. I still And you really anyway. don't need to read it. Yeah. But he's only touching on a little bit. It's the tip of an iceberg. Yeah. So I think. Yes, I can recommend lots of books, yeah. but with the caveat that you can read a lot of books, but if you don't have like 10,000 hours actually doing this, yeah. you know, it's like you can't read a book on law, then go defend your own case. No. Like you can, I think it's important to read books like this or The Hero and the Rebel mm -hmm. uh, or The Hero and the Outlaw um, and understand like the psychology of, 
of branding so that when you're working with a brand agency, you have a better understanding of why they're doing what they do. I agree. Um, so in that regard, like this is key. Worldview. The next thing that comes out of this is to build a point of clarity. Mm -hmm. And this is the single word that defines your, that really that, it's almost word association. When I say Volvo, what first word comes to mind? Safety. Why do you think that is? I don't even know, because I don't think I've ever even seen it in an ad. No, it's a, but yeah. that's the whole point. Yeah. Uh, if I say, like, uh, just using cars, you know, BMW, what's... what's the ultimate driving machine. Uh, yeah. Precision, yeah. engineering, ultimate yeah. driving. Um, and on and on. Like, if I say a car, this is an interesting one, Lincoln. <laughs> I you think, at least think I Matthew think, yeah. McConaughey. Yeah. Well, yeah, at least now, like, is they're, they're trying to reinvent yeah, it. But I was like, like, town car? Well, weird, yeah. introspective dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what they're doing is they're building... I hope he got paid really well. Really well. Yeah. Um, but, like, so that's a little more subtle. Yeah. But very different than safety. Yes. Like, if you're into safety, you're not buying a Lincoln. No. But if you're some weird, introspective dude... Yeah. Uh, or a Subaru or whatever, you know, like... Well, Subaru is all outdoors. Right, exactly. Outdoors. Yeah. Um, so when you... The reason why you need this is in a crowded marketplace where every automobile has the same exact features and functions. Yeah. What, what, how do they market? Yeah. So Volvo has picked safety, but they picked it very early on. Safety was important to them. It came from their worldview. When you're driving, you should be safe. Yeah. Volvo's got over 100 patents, including like airbags and yeah, seatbelts. They, they invented the airbag. They right? invented the airbag. Yeah. Yeah. So like in Volvo's world, mm -hmm. If you come, if you're an engineer at Volvo and say, hey, I got this great idea for Volvo to increase gas mileage, you, the question's going to be, well, how does it make the car more safe? Yeah. So, like, like that's again, the, that's keeping the you narrow. That's the filter. That that's the filter. Through. Yeah. So that's how your worldview begins to... Uh, so become, how do you get to that single point of that, uh, you described it differently than, a, than maybe I wrote. Point it, of clarity. Single, yeah, point of clarity. How do you get to that? Well, it's a process. Like Because you know what they're going to... Yeah. Honesty. Yeah, but that's not a single Integrity. point. Of, no, I, so here's my answer. Yeah, when yeah. they say that, yeah. honesty, yeah. I go, no, honesty is just uh, a table stake. Yeah. Like, that can't be your point yeah. of clarity. I'm not, I'm not busting your chops if you have this on your card, but yeah. really, if you have to, like, write I, on your card. Are you looking at people? <laughs> yeah. No, this, you look over here no. at these people. I'm busting your chops because <laughs> that's a table stake. Yeah. Ethics. That, what do you mean that's a table stake? It's a table stake. Like, we were all supposed to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's where the whole ethics thing is, mm -hmm. is to me, a joke. Like, yeah. We're all supposed to have ethics. Yeah, that can't yeah. be the your it was, brand it was, thing. It was implied. Yeah, it's it's yeah. implied. It's like um, good communication. Well, of course, of course. Yes. Like it needs to be. Now, point of clarity doesn't have to be sexy. Mm -hmm. Safety's not sexy. No. But you can do sexy things with it. Go back but, and but look. You know what they stand for. It's clarity. Mm -hmm. Point of clarity. It's mm -hmm. clear. And then you can do interesting things mm -hmm. with. So like that. Uh, those Jean Claude Van Damme. Uh, videos of him straddling two <laughs> yes. trucks as they spread yes. apart. His I was like, where's he going with the John Buck? Well, that was sexy. I mean, I was like, yeah, that, that was intense, that. Yeah. man. So yeah. like energy could be cool. Yeah. Well, how do you get to a, a, a righteous point of clarity? Yeah. You can't do it yourself. Yeah. It's, you need a specialist to do that. And I'm not doing that. I'm not saying that to sell my wares. Mm -hmm. It's I don't, I can't even do that for my own company. Yeah. When we did our own branding, we put a team in charge of doing that because I couldn't do it. Yeah, it's too um, close. Too close to it. Yeah. Um, so, and everybody's got their own unique point of clarity. Yeah. And 
So like, you know, for this group. And, and I think that's where you go back to. So what do you, you know, what were you first at? What were you best at? What were you the only one to? Yeah, what matters? Yeah, like, what, what matters more than anything? Yeah. Like take us through, take us through a listing presentation. Take us through mm-hmm. when you bring buyers out. Like what do you focus on? We, we ask so many questions mm-hmm. and we're listening. And, we're, and then we, when we hear things over and over again, we begin to take that apart and build around that. So between you and Jay, you've, you've beaten a lot of these principles into my head over the last couple of years. Two years ago in San Diego with all of our elite clients, we talked about these seven positioning strategies. And I went through and gave them all these real world examples. Here's Easy Knock, here's Knock, here's what Zillow's doing, here's what, you know, mm. just giving like visual demonstrations of commercials that are speaking exactly into existence what we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah. If an agent is listening to this right now, or a lender, or you know, an entrepreneur, Anybody. who knows? I mean, I, I've got seventeen-year-olds listening to this right now, so you know, they, they will they'll send me notes. Mister Ferry, one day I'm planning to go into real estate. I'm like looking for my dad. Like, yeah, my I'm dad like, is Mister Ferry. Yeah, I'm not Mister. Call me Yo TF. Yeah. <laughs> um, this this is heavy stuff. It is. The reason I bring this up is I find that one of the one of the mistakes that I see is agents crack the code and they figure it out. And they're like, oh my God, I got it. And then you know what they do? They keep it a secret. So the only time they ever oh, wow. show it is on a listing appointment. Oh. Right? And what I what I argued with with argued yeah. for yeah. my clients to do better was if you have something that is winning you a tremendous amount of business at the kitchen table, why is that not yeah. on your website, in your promise, in you know, in your email, on your social? Why aren't you why aren't you telling the world? And and they all say the same thing. Well, but if I do it, then everybody else is going to rip it off. Yeah. I, you know what I would say to them? Tell me. Anybody can rip anything off. Yep. And uh, they do all the time. Like, there's only one eBay. Yeah. Anybody could have ripped, anybody could have ripped Apple off. Yeah. But unless you're Apple, unless you have their worldview and their whole internal, like, intellectual, inf- yep. you know, capital, you're never going to pull it off. It'll just look like a ripoff. Yeah. So, uh, I don't think it's anything to fear. Especially if it's done right and packaged right, mm-hmm. it's going to be so identifiably you that if anybody tries to rip it off, they're going to look stupid. Yeah, and it'll yeah. be obvious. Yeah, um, yeah. You should never not release this stuff for that for fear of that. Yeah, and that's just not a good. But idea. I do get, um, and, you know, for my friends out there listening, I do get like you do get. Uh, are indeed as we often will times we'll talk about in our community like you know hey if, if mark's doing something great in chicago and it's working you should take that same system that same process that same method and apply it to san luis obispo right like you know be mindful of your customer base and your dna but like you know the principles should that, apply. that applies to some things it does sure it does. like if an app uh works exactly you have a good crm yeah well then a good that but not when it comes to branding yeah Marketing, um, yes. Marketing tactics, yes. yes but, but definitely not branding. not branding. Again, if you remember, branding is the thing you do to get people to believe in your yeah. marketing. Yeah. So you can have some marketing out there, and maybe it's working. Yeah. Maybe uh, you have something out there, and it's bringing you ten leads a day or twenty leads a day. Mm-hmm. For some, that may be good enough. But there are people who go, "I know that that's not good enough. I know I could bring in fifty or a hundred mm-hmm. or two hundred mm-hmm. or three hundred. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go." one more layer deeper for two reasons. Not only because I want to build more opportunity, but I'm actually trying to create a valuable business. Yeah. And I know that a lot of your customers and a lot of people in real estate are in some way looking for an exit at some point. Mm-hmm. And a branded 
you mentioned Supreme. Yeah. Uh, if I buy a white T-shirt, a white cotton T-shirt with nothing on it, I can probably buy it wholesale for six ninety nine. If I buy that same white cotton T-shirt and it says uh, the Gap, so maybe mm-hmm. I'll pay twenty nine ninety nine yeah. for that. Made in the same factory in, in wherever. Yeah. I buy the same T-shirt, all cotton, made in the same factory, but it says Supreme on it. Red and white. Red and white. It's worth three hundred bucks and maybe twelve hundred dollars on the open market in a year. Exactly. A- and so, like, the brand is always more valuable than the product. Yeah. So if you're an entity and you have branding, what you have is a more valuable version of you mm-hmm. than if you just have a marketed version of you. And that that value not only uh, accrues on a day in, day out, year in, year out basis. Um, look, your clients see increased volume year after year because you're teaching them how to market. Mm-hmm. And, and they're getting better and better at marketing. If they built a brand layer on top of that, their sales could be exponentially higher. So so let's talk about that because one of the initiatives I've had for the last couple of years, I look at I look at our own success with the Tom Ferry show, with now, you know, this year now podcast and Mindset Monday. We're doing five original mm-hmm. pieces, like five shows basically every week. Wow. And what I've been on my clients with the last couple of years is you need to create your own show. So the language I've been using, oh, wow. and I'd love your feedback on this is you need to figure out how you're going to scale trust, hmm. right? So yeah, I say, yeah. so you know, if you thought about your clients and you thought about their problems and you thought about your worldview and you produce a piece of content once a week and then you display it everywhere that you can, what I tell people is I don't care if it gets 58 views or 5,800 views. If you got 58 views on that Instagram little video you did, that was 58 phone calls you didn't have to make. That was 58 Absolutely. direct mail pieces you didn't have to send. Absolutely. But if you didn't make the phone calls and sent the pieces, those things begin to overlay and, and you create, which is the one thing that I think they want more than anything else, which is trust. Trust. To, to be that, that trusted advisor that, hey, we all got a friend in real estate, but man, you got to call Tristan. Uh, you got to call Brenda because, you know, Brenda is like, she just continually shows That's us. That's the final AB, payoff. Right? So, so I'm, I'm just, I just want your opinion on it. Like thoughts around scaling trust. Is it video? Is it not video? If you're a writer, should you be writing? Should you be audio? If you, you got a face for radio, like what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, you should do whatever is, um, so I can answer this in a couple yeah. of ways. Yeah. Well, a, like what do you advise your clients to do? Well, we actually advise, it's part of the deliverable, mm-hmm. is what we'll call like the big idea. Um, because there's words, yeah. and then there's design that we'll do, so we'll make your identity actually polished up. Yeah, and identity um, is like logo, the logo, mark, the logo, know, the mark, the visual system. Yeah. Like, this is all, again, engineered. Yeah. Um, so, but then there's activation. There yeah. needs to be an idea. Yeah. Like, what do you actually do that is uniquely... I wish Peggy Lynn Spiker were on this call right now yeah. because um, we gifted her with an idea that when we gave it to her, she teared up because it was so righteous for her. It was so, yeah. it was so perfect. I mean, it, it's not like it required a lot of thinking on our part. She no. literally almost gave it to us she without saying. She personified. I remember. She personified. I remember. It. So yeah. we came up with a slogan for it mm-hmm. and po- polished it and wrapped it. Yeah. It's an activation, so she's now going to go out and do this thing. Yeah, it's all custom, so there is no. You can't say, well, you should all just do video. Maybe, mm-hmm. but maybe what one does 
via video might be like your your show yeah. is very different than other shows. Yeah. yeah. So again, it always goes back. We as an agency go back to a worldview and go back to a point of clarity because we'll say to ourselves, the big idea has to sell those things. Yeah. The big idea has to make people go, yeah, they're they're all about safety, even though they didn't tell us that. Yeah. That's when it really works. Yeah. And um, so, yes, you need to have an activation of some sort a thing that yeah. you do yep. that is beyond the IDX search on your website mm -hmm. and beyond the I just sold 100 homes in my market so that's why you should hire me. Yeah. That's not, people don't wake up in the morning on a Sunday and go, honey, today's the day we're gonna sell our home, let's find an agent who sold 100 homes or is number one in the market. People don't think that way. No. They want to find an agent that they connect with. Mm -hmm. And agents, you know this. Yeah. You know this, that's why so many of you pose with your dog or your horse, right. or you're leaning into one of those things. Now granted, that's a little bit cheesy and tacky as the way to execute that, but if that's important to you, mm -hmm. if you're really into dogs, well, we wanna know, do, do you support a local kennel? Yeah. Like, have you adopted dogs? Like, mm -hmm. what do you actually do? How can you yeah. activate? Can you work with a local kennel? Mm -hmm. So when somebody goes to adopt a dog, your company pays for the shots. Yeah. Or they get a little beautiful, first month kit of dog yeah. stuff via your company. That's an activation. Yeah. That's how you then prove you're into dogs, not just posing with one, because anybody can do that. Bingo. Once we start getting into deeper layers, sure, you could say, well, anybody can do that too, but I would argue, uh, no, the people who don't really love dogs, the but people just that are say in, they yeah, do. If it's inauthentic, it's, yeah, it's everyone's gonna know it, right? Exactly. Like everyone's gonna be like, oh yeah, whatever. That, that's like, that's a marketing gimmick. Now there's also the right. competitive analysis that yeah. we have to do, which is yeah. tell us about your top five competitors and what do they do? Yeah. Because in the end of the day, you can't be competing against everybody. You gotta mm -hmm. be competing against a small group of other competitors. And once we analyze those yep. people and figure out what generic nonsense they're doing, mm -hmm. we can then set you on a track that's gonna put you so far ahead of them that the best that they could do is either copy you mm -hmm. or maybe realize we better step up our game and then you gotta step up your game and that is the world of like being a real business, a real yeah. entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, here's a good example. Bomb bomb. Yeah. If bomb bomb were called video email yeah. Leo. Yeah. <laughs> some stupid name. Yeah, yeah. Like who would care? Yeah. But it I, might describe it better. It might describe it yeah, better, yeah. but like yeah, but that's boring. People don't like people don't like that. But bomb bomb is just so like big. Yeah. It's it's an explosion of energy. Yeah. It makes you want to be part of it because yeah. it's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um and I would say that the brand bomb bomb is way more valuable than the product. Because I can develop an email marketing tool yeah. in, in a week. Yeah. But if I don't call it something, you know, as that cool as bomb bomb, sexy, how different. am I gonna? Yeah. So that like, yeah. branding hey, is hey, Boomtown. Another good name, right? Exactly. Although I, you know, it's funny. I was talking to Boomtown a few years ago, and I th suggested that they ought to think about changing their name. Yeah. Because there was a a trend. Yeah. You know, boom. Everybody was a hashtag boom, boom yeah, yeah, this, yeah. boom that. Yeah. I never understood that, yeah. but a lot. I don't understand a lot of trends, but that trend is gone now. People yeah. don't say boom anymore. Yeah. So that, that it, now the name is dated. Yeah, it's feeling old. Yeah, and um, sorry, Greer. Oh, sorry, but I, I was honest. I I think yeah. I told Greer that. Yeah. Um, and I I'd want to do a little bit of. I said if we were to work with you, I'd want to do a little more research on that. Yeah. And and ask your clientele. Yeah. If that word actually feels right for what the brand is. Yeah. 
Sometimes a brand does have to change its name or mm-hmm. change something mm-hmm. because the world has moved on. Bingo. Um, Bingo. And I mean, we've changed our logo five times since our inception. You've changed your logo yeah, a bunch of times. times. You got to switch it up. And I, that, I wanted to ask you that. I mean, is there a uh, is there is there a too much where it, it either never gets connected, like the clients don't understand it because you just keep changing all the time? Is it like is it eighteen months? Is it three years? Is it five years? Like that's a good question. Is there, is there a sort of an optimal time for that facelift? Uh, there is the optimal time for the facelift is either when your market has changed mm-hmm. or the marketplace has changed or you've changed. Yeah. Um, and those all three could be happening at the same exact time. They could be happening at the same time. Or those time, could be happening a year and then two years later. And yeah. Well, this is, again, where like the difference between doing it yourself or hiring a graphic designer versus yeah. hiring an agency. Yeah. Because an agency, at least, you know, ours, understanding real estate, will look at a lot of factors. Yeah to realize that, okay, your market hasn't changed. You're still selling real estate to, you know, seniors. Yeah. Um, let's just say we work with a team right now and they only specialize in seniors and seniors children. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the demographic is 60 to 80, yeah. 90. Um, they're not going after millennials. Yeah. So like they don't need to adapt. Um, but you have to look at all the factors and then mm-hmm. decide like, okay, X hasn't changed today, but X will change in a year or two. Yep. So we have to account for that and, and build out that system so that they don't have to keep changing. You don't want to change it every couple of years. No. Although if you do study, like, you know, Uber's changed their logo mm-hmm. uh, three or four times since their inception and sure. they're not that old. Look at McDonald's. McDonald's, just, McDonald's is just now the icon of an yeah, app. I know. You notice that? Well, because... I mean, I'm not a huge McDonald's fan, but I'm like... Oh, you study brands though. That's the app. Yeah. Like, that's very cool. Well, this it's is another subtle. thing you mentioned. Where do brands live today? On our phones. And they live on your phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, they live in social. Yeah. So if you have a really long name, like if you're blank, 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 Berkshire Hathaway Home Services of America, like how does that fit on a phone? Yeah. Um, so like good brand, good brands and everything, but mm-hmm. like you're going to need a symbol, some other mark yeah. that becomes you. Yeah. Um, so... You know, like you have to take that all to account. And so here's the thing. A logo, people get too, uh, too tied to yeah. their logo. Um, a logo is employ- an employee. It has a couple of jobs to do. Mm-hmm. And once it's no longer doing its job, it needs to be let go and you need a new employee. So like, sure, you could have a love affair. I have a collection of my logos. I've had five logos mm-hmm. since day one. And I've got them all stored in my office somewhere on a little poster. But like, once they stop transmitting what we're about, they're yeah. no longer effective for me. Yeah. So my love for the logo can't be more than my love for my business and my employees and my livelihood. Yeah. So you can't, I mean, there are a lot. Like of, don't get married to it, basically. Don't, I mean, look, it's, there are a lot of brokers, you see this in America with mm-hmm. logos that haven't been touched in 30 years. And yeah. you look at them and they, this is, like when we did the group, mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about that earlier. Great company, Larry Kendall's company. We spoke to the agents, and the agents say, you know, the logo is a little comical. It looks juvenile. Yeah. And we're a sophisticated, mature, professional organization. Our logo, when I put that logo out there, it I don't feel right Doesn't about feel it right. anymore. Yeah. I yeah, love yeah. it. I yeah. love the company's it. insane, and we love the you know we love what we do. But eh. so, how do you design that? Yeah. Well. You go back to strategy. Yeah. You go back to What's what you... worldview? The worldview. What problem are you trying to exactly. solve? Yeah. When you look at that Volvo logo, 
There's a safetyness to it. Yeah. It, the typeface. This is all of the color palette. The mm -hmm. the color. There's a science to color. Yeah. There's lots of books you can read on the science of color. Yeah. Uh, we learn about a client, and we're like, whoa, you're so X, and your color palette is so not. Yeah. Like you need to choose. Well, I like my colors. So what? They don't transmit what you're about. <laughs> so. This uh, is. It's like, it's like don't be married to anything. No, be married to. Be married to your spouse that you love. Be married to your yeah. spouse. Be married to your clientele. Yeah. Be married um, to your mission and vision. Your employees. Yeah. And ultimately the business. What is the business need to develop and grow and ultimately get you out of, I know this, every business owner one day wants to have the business run without them having to be on it 100% of the time, seven days a week. Yeah. Um, this is a pathway to getting there. Yeah. This has been super awesome. All right, so as we get near wrapping up, it's actually been about an hour, I think. Wow, it's two o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you haven't, you have to get on an airplane soon. I have to go soon, get so an airplane. I have to like take you to the airport. No, no, um, I'm good. Okay, so just kind of closing thought. First of all, if they want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to, to reach you? What's, um, your, what's your home number? My <laughs> home number is, uh, <laughs> no, I'm at Mark, M-A-R-C. Yep. At 1000 Watt, the 1000, yep. W-A-T-T thousandwatt.net it's our website yeah they should definitely follow you on twitter for snarky you know am i snarky on twitter i love it man i don't know yes, that you I'm are snarky, snarky. Uh, I, i'm not saying snarky like it's a bad thing okay okay that's, that's just, you yeah okay yeah, yeah yeah i mean you're brilliant you're interesting you know i don't take shit i so love that like, too you know yeah yeah um but so they should follow you there they should follow you on instagram i don't instagram anymore did you get off Instagram? Uh, you know, like, when? I don't even tweet that much, really. Like, I go through a period of time where, yeah. like, okay, I got a bunch of things I want to say. I'll just say it all today, and then I won't go back to it for yeah. a couple of weeks. No, I don't really post on social. Yeah. I think every one of them should get on your email newsletter. Get everyone, the email. Everyone listening. Yeah, that's, sign up for the that, blog. That's something that I am, you know, that's... We got, give away so that, yeah. much. Uh-huh. The good examples. Away. Case studies. Case studies. We give away our thinking. Mm -hmm. I talk about how to do certain things. Mm -hmm. Like I realize some people just don't want to hire an agency or mm -hmm. can't. Mm -hmm. So like why sh our, our worldview is um, we think real estate's really important. Um, and as a result, we want the best companies in real estate to rise to the top. Yeah. So um, I'll give you an example of that, how that worldview mm -hmm. actually played itself out in the real world. I got an email one day from a guy who wrote to me and he goes, I have been working on my listing presentation for three years um, and I'm still not happy with it. Yeah. Can I send it to you and have you give me an evaluation yeah. of it? So I'm looking at this email and I hit reply and, and I write back, uh, yeah, where can I send my invoice when I'm done? Yeah. That's Mark Davison. Yeah. Like you just asked me to do for free yeah. what well, I- Well, you've been working on for three years. Yeah, like yeah I yeah. spent my career yeah. getting this yes. figured out and you just want me to just stop what I'm doing. Yeah. All right, but I didn't send that email because no. in the capacity of my company, because he reached out to me at my company, um, that's not how my company behaves. Mm -mm. My worldview is to help, and if he's really trying to be better, I have no choice but to help him. So this, the, you know, I've, I've been giving out my cell phone number now I've got like, you know, thousands and oh thousands God. of people texting me. That's you know, why you don't every... text me back anymore. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. But now I, I understand you do, I, but literally, and it's, yeah. so I knew when you, when you said that, 
that I know you. I know you too well to know that you would actually say, send it to me and let me take a look. No, I, I had right? to. Right? Yeah, right? So I said, dude, send it to yeah. me. But here's what I need from you. Yeah. Uh, I need these 10 things. Yeah. Because if I'm going to actually evaluate this 20-page presentation, yeah. I need to know, like, I need to know what I'm evaluating. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I need to know your worldview. I need to know your point mm -hmm. of clarity. I need yep. to know your persona. Um, I need to know if you've done any client you know, customer journey maps or customer mm -hmm. personas. I need to mm -hmm. understand because how do I know if this is good or not? If I don't know exactly who, so, who it is you're presenting to and from what, you know, what perspective, one point of view. Exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, like, what am I judging? Yeah. So I said, if you can send me all these things, I will go through everything and I'll send you a marked up version mm -hmm. of your listing mm -hmm. presentation. So about a day later, he wrote me back and he his the top comment was, now I know why your customers love you. Yeah. Had I sent my first email, he wouldn't have responded back to me, but he would have been thinking, what a jackass, mm -hmm. which is fine. Like for me personally, if that's what somebody wants to think, I, they're allowed to think that, but not for the company. So I got the, the right response. Mm -hmm. This is our reputation. Mm -hmm. He said, I don't have any of these things. So now what? I go, yeah. well, look, get those things. Work on those things first. Yep. Don't worry about the listing presentation. Mm -hmm. I asked him, how many listings do you get? He gets a lot of listings. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't have a presentation. So like, you know what? Don't fix what isn't broke right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Don't go out with a bad one. Yeah. Get me all that stuff. And when you get it, come back to me and mm -hmm. I will get this for you. And yeah. like, that's my point of clarity. My mm -hmm. worldview kept me on mark. It kept me on brand. Bingo. Bingo. Right on. That's me. I'm telling you, that's the same thing with this. You know, hey, text me 949-216-5466. light up right now. a whole bunch of people. Yeah, they do. I get, I get waves because I'll say it at a seminar that I'll get on the plane and I'll, I'll like respond to like 275 people. <laughs> you know what I mean? On a flight from like, you know, New York to back to L.A. But you know what's awesome about it? But you like that though. It's real. For you. But that's why I was doing that, you know, seven or eight years no, ago when that. Facebook, you know, Facebook could, would allow you to say, hey, I'm on a plane. Like, who's got a question, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I, that, you know what it is? Uh, I, I don't like people that get too far away from their customers. Like, I just, in the back of my mind, like, it's stay on the streets. Yeah, I agree. Right? Stay connected. And you know what's great? Answering questions for 17 year olds that are thinking about going into real estate. And then, quite honestly, I answer questions that are like, they're like, hey, my marriage is going this way. What do you think? Wow. And you know what it makes me like? I, I would I tell my wife that. And she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe somebody's asking. And I think, no, how cool is it that it's somebody, cool. you know, maybe they're maybe they're just they're just they just need to get it out there. But I would take it like, hey, I've earned enough trust and respect in the marketplace that somebody's willing to share that with me and then get my perspective. And, you know, and I, the answer for me could be, you know, a giant text message back to him with a whole bunch of questions. It's and a springboard to a much deeper conversation. It's a it's a relationship. I'm yeah. trying to scale trust. It's the same thing. I'm I still to scale do that trust. as well. I don't go to conferences anymore. I know. Um, Thanks for coming to ours, though. Well, I don't consider yours a conference. Okay. I, I go to that. Matt Beal's Hawaii Live yeah, workshop. Yeah, yeah. It's not a conference. Yeah. It's um, a bunch of really cool people hanging out. Yeah. You know, and like not to diss, there's some great conferences. Yeah. 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 But um, I think that they've become more gatherings. Yeah. Um, and I've gathered enough in my life. Uh, I've been with Laurie, my wife, for a long time, 38, 38 years. years. I travel enough for work, so I, got, I can't do all the conferences anymore. Yeah. Um, but I also, and it's not because I don't want to be with people because, like, I love our clientele. Yeah. I like meeting people. Yeah. But I also need to give other people in my company exposure yep. into our world. Mm -hmm. um, and then I pick and choose the few things where I go. I went to your event and learned things. Mm -hmm. um, I go to workshop and learn things. Yeah. 
So I'm still growing. I'm still educating. And there are some events where like, it's the same speakers speaking yeah, yeah, again yeah. and again to yeah. a new audience. But like, yeah. I've heard their rap. I'm not going to learn much anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to end up staying up late, which I don't like doing. And, um, it's, and it's long. Yours was a day for yeah. me. Yeah. The other conferences are three, four five days. They're too long. Yeah. So respect to them, but yeah, like yeah. I got to be yeah, picky. Yeah. yeah. But I do these one-on-ones or people call me or anybody that calls me, texts me, they know, they yeah. get me. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm with them until the call ends. Yeah. You've always been that way. So as we wrap this up, I just want to say thank you for being you. Oh, thank you uh, for being you. Thank you for asking thank all those questions on that original crazy blog post, whatever that was. But like that was really the beginning of our relationship. It was and, a long time ago. Yeah. It was, I know that Gino Blafari yeah. was involved somehow. So I yeah. give it to him for making that connection. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, it was, it's yeah. been a, a fantastic yeah. friendship. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. you, man. All right. Well, listen, absolutely. Uh, you know, go to thousand watt. It's thousand watt.com, right? Thousand watt.net. Dot net. So go to thousand watt. We like dot net better than dot com. I love that. But that also is your ethos. It's a little like, that's totally yeah. exactly. We're a little different. Sign up for the newsletter, right? I read it religiously. It's super packed. I've shared it a few times, like in my Instagram stories, like, hey, this is a really good story. Check this out. Um, and then if you got a question, hit them up. Hit them up. All right. So yeah, as we yeah. wrap it up, team, good. Yeah, good, right, good, right non-organized right at all blog. I think we actually tried to wrap it up 10 minutes ago, and then it took us 10 minutes to wrap it up. It's okay. We can edit. <laughs> we're still wrapping. Is this live? Or is, are we live? No, okay. Well, we're live together. Okay. Yes, we're right here at the moment. I'm all right. Gonna, yes. Okay, we're out. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you on the next podcast. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.